Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I am your host as always. I am Damon Martin. And today I am proud to be joined by one of the top lightweight fighters in the world. And he is getting ready for his return to action in February for a massive, massive matchup. A number one contenders bout against Islam Makachev. Welcome back, my friend, Benil Dariush. Benil, how are you? I'm great, my brother. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Benil, before we get to any fight stuff and all, listen, we'll talk about that in a minute. How's the family? How's fatherhood treating you? It's good. I just, we just started feeding Alva and today I was sitting there and trying to feed her and uh, my wife's like, look, she's, she's right there. She's, uh, <laughs> she's always around, man. She's, uh, and I'm like feeding her and my wife's like, no, 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 just give her the whole spoon. I'm like, no, you're making a mess. So, you know, the, 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 the little things like that, but man, we just got to, we started feeding her and she looks at us when we eat. So it's, it's a, it's a whole new thing now. And I, I thought I had, I had the hang of everything and it's, uh, it's awesome, man. I'm so, so, so blessed and so stoked for all of it. Absolutely. I know when we spoke, uh, you know, going out of your last fight, you know, when you were going to take some time off for everything, you were looking forward to it, but how, how has it been? Like how exciting has it been just to actually spend some time with your, your kid and you know, be a dad. I mean, let's be honest, you know, when you're preparing for a fight, you kind of go in this mode where you're training and, your focus changes. And, and that's part of the reason why you want to take the time off to actually be a dad. Yeah. So, you know, I, how do I explain this? For example, even when Alva came, I was training two times a day. The difference is, is all the, uh, all the little things you have to do the, that require uh, are required when you're fighting. For example, um, I have to lose weight, right? So when, when I get home, I'll get on a treadmill and it's not really a tough workout, but I still got to get on that treadmill and, and it'll take me like an hour because I'll jump in the sauna and then ice bath. So it could be like anywhere between hour, hour to two hours. And that's two hours I'm taking away from my daughter. And then when I do get to my daughter and wife, I'm exhausted. And, and so that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to fight so soon, just because as much as I enjoy the process of fighting, I don't want to miss out on, on, on uh, my daughter getting bigger and, and just growing up and all these all these firsts that we went through. I think I would have missed a lot of them if I had fought, let's say like September or October. Yeah. And you only get this once, right? Like there's not going to be a makeup session 
for your, you know, for your, for your, for your child being, you know, in the first year of their life. Like you don't get to make that time up and a fight will come later. You know what I mean? Like we talked about that before. Some things, as much as your, your career is important to you and the title, all these things, there are some things bigger than fighting. And I know for you, that is your family. hundred percent. Uh, it's, it's hundred percent. Uh, it's exactly what you said. Like I, I couldn't have put it better myself. So now with that being said, uh, you know, of course we know the fight is now booked. You're going to be fighting Islam Makachev in February. Uh, can you kind of give me like how this whole thing played out? Because let me give you, let me give you, let me just kind of go on my little tirade first, if you don't mind, because I think Islam is a beast. Don't get me wrong. I think Islam's a monster. He's a great fighter. And I think this is a great matchup, but I feel like sometimes in this sport, we have a tendency to get locked in what I call recency bias. You know, the guy that you just saw, is the best thing ever. We kind of forget about the guy we saw three months ago. You know, when Hamza Chemaev comes in a lightweight, everyone's, oh my God, Hamza's the greatest thing ever. We're like, hold on now. You know, Kamar Usman's, a, you know, <laughs> six-time defending champion, maybe the greatest welterweight of all time. Let's slow down a little bit. Uh, you're a guy, you're on this incredible win streak, and, and you know, a couple of the, the, I would say, a couple of the biggest wins on Islam's record are guys you actually have already beaten, Thiago Moises and Drew Dober. Uh, and of course, I would argue, you know, Tony Ferguson is, you know, the biggest win, you know, coming off that big win. Do you see any of that? Like, do you, I don't know. Do you feel like any of that? Like all of a sudden Islam's the guy where everyone's saying he should be getting the title shot. I'm like, hold on now. What about Benil? Benil's on a, on a great winning streak. And I would argue against slightly better competition. So it was really frustrating because when I saw, I mean, I was okay when he fought uh, uh, Drew and then he fought Thiago and then he went to number six because I still thought, man, I'm, I'm going to get the a title shot, you know, but then they, they were like, Oh, uh, he should be in line for a title shot. And then they, he fought Dan Hooker and, and then like immediately he was in contention. So I, th that part was frustrating. You know, I beat Thiago and I beat Drew and I don't even think I got ranked. Uh, at that time, I, I I really think I didn't get ranked when I beat those guys. I had to continue to win before I got ranked. So, am I frustrated? One hundred percent. Do I uh, do I put a lot of thought into it? Not too much because ultimately I have to beat everybody anyway. So, and that's what's gonna happen. The, I'm I'm gonna fight this guy. I'm going to beat him, and then whoever's champion next, I'm I'm going to beat them next. Uh, just need to focus on him now. And I can't, like, I, I, I don't want to keep playing this stuff in my head. Ah, well, he only fought this guy and this guy, and now he's here. And, you know, some people get, uh, you know, a little bit more credit faster, and some people, it takes a little longer. At the end of the day, it's the best fighter who who, who gets that belt, and that's that's what I plan on doing. Yeah, and, and let me be clear, you know, I think Islam's a monster. I know you guys share the same manager, you know, and Islam, again, I, I think he's incredible. I think he's, you know, what he's done lately has looked fantastic. I'm just saying that, you know, I think what you've done, you know, you should be a little higher ranked. You should be in a little bit better consideration. It's not a knock on him. It's just, a, you know, reality of what you've done. Uh, and I love this matchup. Let me be clear. I love this fight. Uh, but again, you know, like I said, when everyone's talking about, oh, you know, this guy and this guy for the title and they're saying, is it Gaethje or Makachev? And I'm like, um, hold on. Let me raise my hand here. Benil Dariush, anybody? Like, where, where are we at with Benil? Yeah. So, like, that's the other frustrating thing. You know, I had, like, I think it was four bone, uh, performance bonuses uh, or uh, and, and the Scott Holtzman fight doesn't count because it was um, I missed weight. So it could have been it would have been five 
of, of my last seven performances that were performance bonuses, uh, or one of them was a fight of the night. Um, you know, with all of that being said, all these other guys who beat Tony got a title shot too. So it's definitely there. Like the, it's, I get it. I, I, man, but I know the more time I spent talking about it, I don't think I'm going to get the, the, my bosses to hear me. I'm just going to be frustrating myself. And, and at the end of the day, people talk about Islam, like he's the next champ already. So let's, let's put away the next champ. Let, let's show the world that uh, I'm the guy. Yeah. I know a guy that you have a lot of respect for. We've talked about it because I know you've trained with him is Justin Gaethje. Now it looks like, and I know Dana has said he's going to get the next title shot. And then we have to assume the winner of you and Islam would be the next guy in line. Uh, what are you okay with Justin getting the next title shot? Cause I know you are, you know, as much as you can be a fan of a guy in your own division. I know you like Justin. I know you train with him and I know you have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. I think the, I think it made sense. I sense to be honest with you, if they had made him uh, fight uh, Charles Oliveira for the title instead of Chandler, I think that would have made even more sense to me because he was, you know, the only loss he had was Habib and, and he, that was recent. He was a former interim champion. So it would have made sense if he fought uh, Charles at that point, but they put in Chandler in there, which um, I, I guess I get it because they want to, they want to put new faces into that title contention. So and now he's getting the shot at the belt. So I, I guess I get it. I, it's, it's not an issue for me. Um, my, my only thing is, it's just, we're, wow, man, we're slowing down the division so much. I feel like we should be going through this a lot faster than we are. Yeah. I feel like, and I, listen, I am a guy who I, I 100% agree when, when Dustin Poirier fought Connor in January, and then they said they wanted to do the immediate rematch and, and, Dustin took that fight instead of the Oliveira fight because it should have been Oliveira Dustin back in May and he took Connor. I get it. Like, I'm never going to fault someone for making, you know, seven figures and, and, you know, going home and making the biggest payday you can make. I, I'm fine with that. But I think that is what really threw things off. You know what I mean? Because if Dustin had fought Charles back in May, then Charles would have probably fought somebody else. And then here, you know what I mean? Like we, and again, I'm not faulting Dustin. I 100% understand taking the Connor fight and making the big payday. But I think that is really what kind of threw everything into chaos. Right. So it was that. And then, you know, the UFC saying, well, we don't want to give it to Justin because uh, he just fought Habib and it's, it doesn't look as good because he just lost the Habib and now he's fighting for the title again. And then it just, you know, all it was, so they tossed in someone brand new in there, in Michael Chandler. It, it, what, what it did was it just it blocked the division, like just like you said, uh, Dustin, Dustin Poirier. You know, made his decision. The UFC made decisions, and um, you know, the rest of us are just sitting here waiting and just hoping to fight. Yeah. Now, when you look at Islam, you know, you could argue that you know, and again, I don't mean this as a, a knock in any way to Charles or Dustin or Justin, any of these guys, just in terms of style. Yeah, there's some people who would argue Islam is the toughest matchup at 155 because of his style, because he's wrestling. You know, he never shies away from what he does well. He tries to take you to the ground, tries to beat you up on the ground. Uh, you know, he comes from that Khabib style of fighting. And again, it's very effective. Uh, in a way, you mentioned everyone's trying to say he's the he's the next champ. He's the guy. Okay, let me go out and beat that guy. Is there is there a little bit of anticipation of you know beating the guy that everyone seems to be buzzing about right now? Like we got a title fight a matter of days away and people are saying this stuff about Islam. Is there, is there a little bit of pride in there saying, Hey, let me go beat this guy. 
And then, you know, when I become chairman, it's even, it's even better. You know, I don't know if I would call it pride. It's just, I'm, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I feel like, uh, I'm a dog, you know, and I want, I want to, I want to find the biggest dog and take him out. I got a little chihuahua at home, and every time he sees a big dog, he goes after him. I, I and and I can kind of relate. I want to take out the biggest guy in my division. The faster I can face him, the better. You know, when they gave me the Diego Ferro fight, I was like, what the heck? Why are they doing this right now? He's uh, like, we're, we're both, uh, we both deserve somebody higher rank, but uh, whatever. He's one of the best guys in the division. Let's go. And then when they gave me Tony, I said, oh, awesome. Let's go. And it's never been like, oh, I don't want to fight this guy because he's not ranked or this. I always look at him. Do they have the skills? Is, is it a challenge? Is it, it, am I going to wake up in the morning and be motivated to train a little bit harder than I already do? So Islam does all that for me. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all about this fight and, and, uh, <laughs> As far as pride goes, I don't know. We'll see. After I beat him, we'll see how I feel. Yeah. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to single anybody out and say, you know, anyone in this sport at this point is one dimensional because it's just not true. You know, early in your career, people said, "Oh, Benil's a, a grappler," and now you're going out there knocking people out. So you're, you know, so we know Islam is more than just a wrestler. We have seen him strike. We have seen him do those things. But if I was a betting man and someone said, "Hey, how do you think Islam's going to fight this fight?" I would say. Probably going to go for a takedown. He's probably going to try to out-wrestle. Now, you, again, I mentioned come from that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. You come from the grappling background. I know you've kind of mentioned this in a couple of interviews, but can I imagine that if Islam is trying to wrestle you, if that is his game plan, there's no fear in your heart of going to the ground with a guy like that? No, I'm not worried about going to the ground with him. I'm not even afraid to wrestle with him. I've been wrestling for the last, I want to say, like 10 years, maybe more. I've been wrestling for a while now. I'm not... I'm not afraid to wrestle. I'm not afraid to do jujitsu. Um, you know, I can do it all. I, if, if we want, if he wants to strike, we can strike. I, uh, I started when I was 18, I started a little bit late. And then three years later, I started doing some wrestling. So I started uh, late and, and here I am at, at this point, like what, what I, I am every fight I get better because I recognize that I started late and in order to catch up, I have to do a little bit more. I have to squeeze in a practice here, a practice there. And, and I'm constantly doing that and nothing's changing for this fight. Nothing's going to change when I face Islam. I'm going to look for every opportunity to do a little bit more, to get a little bit better and get a little bit ahead. And, uh, having this guy in front of me, it, it motivates me that much more to do all that. So I, I, I think, uh, whatever situation he wants to take this fight, I'll be ready. You know, everyone is assuming because he's a wrestler and you come from jujitsu that it's going to be Islam scoring a takedown and Benil working off your back. I disagree in a way because I think we just saw with the Tony Ferguson fight and Tony's a great wrestler. I think people forget that Tony's a phenomenal wrestler in his own right. You took him down multiple times. You, you clearly out grappled him. You clearly out wrestled him. Uh, who's to say Benil doesn't take down Islam. I mean, I plan on it. I mean, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty open with my game plans. Every everybody I fight knows what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna punch you in the face, and I'm eventually gonna drag you to the ground. So, that's that's what he should expect from me. <laughs> uh, is there any part of you when I talk about you know everyone's talking about his wrestling? Is there any part of you that feels like if this fight does stay standing or gets you know if there's any you know extended period of time? We got to be clear, five round fight. 
I know that, you know, main events, you know, that's a big deal. And we know, you know, that why they make five round main events, you know, you find out what you're really made of in a five round main event. Uh, is there any part of you though, that feels like if this fight stays standing for any significant amount of time, it's a bit more of a mismatch there than any other part of this game. If you know what I mean, your power, your stri- your striking has come so far. I mean, that's become a, a legit weapon for you. Whereas, you know, some people, it's just like, let's survive long enough on the feet to get it to the ground. You're, you're a guy knocking people out on the feet. I, I think I definitely have an advantage in, in, in the power uh, uh, aspect of the striking, but you have to recognize too, with him, his striking has improved so much since he first started in the UFC. He's great at feints now. He uh, he used to throw a lot of question mark kicks without really setting them up. He does a better job setting up his, his kicks. He does a better job at feints into level changes. So I, as much as I do believe I have the advantage in the striking, I, I'm not just going to be like, ah, oh, I got it if, if the fight is just stand-up. It, it has to be calculated pressure, calculated attacks. It has to be just... I can't give him room to breathe because when I give him room to breathe, he does, he does well. Yeah. And you gotta be excited though. This is a main event. I mean, this is a big fight. You want five rounds, right? Like this, this needs to be a main event. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people, I, I, I feel like I'm built for five rounds. I, 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 I come out fast the first round and then, you know, I, 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 I try to finish as hard as I can for the next two rounds as well. But like, I think five rounds would be great because I'm I'm just gonna have to dig so deep that start fast and die fast. Basically, I'm gonna end up dying in the fifth round, but I'll be I'll be winning the fight. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's um I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to keep up my pace for five rounds. I I plan on putting on a pace that that is unmatchable. Yeah. Now um, this is all coming together just fairly fairly recently. And again, as I mentioned, you and Islam share the same manager, the great Ali Abdelaziz. So I know. If there's one guy out there battling for you to get what you want, it's going to be that guy. Has he told you or has the UFC mentioned, I mean, I have to imagine, that this is going to be a number one contenders fight? Have they said that to you? Have you heard that? All he said, it has to be, but I don't know if he's heard it directly from, from uh, the UFC. It's um, That's just the way it goes when it comes to uh, to, to, to the UFC. There's a lot of politics behind it, and, and you got to uh, – you got to understand as a business and uh, having my own business, I, I recognize the what's going on there. I'm not, I'm not that easy to market. I don't speak out too much. I don't, you know, get on the camera and say ridiculous things or have go on Twitter and, and just, you know, try to promote fights. I just show up to fight and I enjoy the fight. So with that being said, uh, it's a little bit harder to promote me. So if, if they weren't, they don't put me uh, number one contender next fight. I mean, I don't see that happening, but if they don't, I understand why. And it's fine for me. I just say, okay, line up the next guy. Like, who who do you got that you think is going to stop me? If Islam can't do it, who's next is, is what I'm going to say, basically. And I'm going to just keep knocking people down until until they have no choice, until Dana's like, all right, I got, I got nobody else left. Go ahead. It's yours. Yeah. What's crazy is, and this is, again, this is not to, you know, not to knock the UFC, but, you know, even though you're not the guy out there banging the drum and, you know, I look at me, I'm the loudest guy in the room. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, we've done enough interviews and go back enough years that you have an incredible story. I mean, you have an incredible story 
you know, coming up. And, and so I, I think like, I think if people get to know you better, I know it sounds weird to say, but I think if people get to know you better. You have such an incredible story. I think people will get behind you. And I hope with a main event like this and a big fight, you know, where you're, you're the headliner, where you're the main event that the UFC will get a chance to kind of tell that story and let the audience know. I mean, we've done a million interviews and we've talked about that in the past, but you know, this is the the chance for them to kind of put you on ESPN and, and have you, you know, do, I hope they do that because you do have an incredible story. And even though you're not the trash talker, I feel like people can get behind a guy like you and that still matters in the sport. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, it'd be cool if we, if they do stuff like that, that I think it would be a great idea. Um, obviously if uh, getting to know me means, you know, better, uh, better for the UFC and better for me, I would, I would love that too. And, and, and just to get my story out there again, you know, like, well, like we talked about earlier, the most important thing for me is faith and family. So like, if this happens, great. If not, no problem. Just line them up. That's all I ask is line them up and let me do what, uh, let me do what I do best. The gift that God has given me, let me just use it. So if, if that's the case, let's just, let's just keep rolling. Uh, let's just keep rolling through these guys. Yeah. Let me ask, because of course your fight's coming up in February. Uh, before that, of course, coming up in a matter of days is the lightweight title fight between Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. And I know we've talked multiple times about Charles Oliveira, a guy you were supposed to fight. I'm not going to rehash all that, but I know you have history there. Uh, let me ask you about that fight in particular, because a lot of people seem to be picking Dustin. And I understand that Dustin's a monster. No, no doubt about it. But I think a lot of people are just completely discounting Charles, which is ridiculous. So I want to get your thoughts on that fight and kind of your, you know, how you see that one going, because of course you have a you have an opinion, but you also have a vested interest because the winner of that could potentially be your opponent coming up down the road. Uh, I'm actually leaning towards Charles, to be honest. Not by much. I'm I'm I'm. It's not like a heavy lean, but I'm leaning towards Charles because I think his grappling is so much. It's so much better than Dustin's. I don't think Dustin really has the 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 grappling that Charles has. I think. Dustin is a good grappler, but uh, Charles is definitely a, a couple of notches ahead, and and I think that'll be the difference. the 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 real issue I see with Charles is is his mindset. You see him some fights, he's there, he's present, he's he's willing to dig deep, and then sometimes he's not. It's gonna be which Charles shows up. So if if it. If the Charles we saw against Chandler shows up, I think he has a very good chance of winning. If um, if the Charles who you know would face a little adversity and break shows up, then uh, I think Dustin Poirier is is going to dominate him. Yeah, it's funny because I know Justin Gaethje has said that, and he said that to me in our interview a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, you know, I don't see that dog in Charles, and of course Charles has battled back and said, look, look at what I did in the Chandler fight, but. We have a lot of history on Charles to say that unfortunately there is a you know there is a, a pattern with him where he has kind of fallen apart when there's adversity. Now he's on a great win streak right now, and it seems like he's gotten past that. You know what I mean? He did that in the Chandler fight. He got hurt very badly in that first round. He survived and came back. But we can't deny that there is history there with him. That unfortunately, when the going gets tough, you know, unfortunately he did not react very well to that. So there is a history with him, you know not bringing the dog out in a fight. You know what I mean? Like we can't deny that's never happened because it has. Exactly. And, and obviously I think Charles can uh, recognize that and, and, and he's obviously improved on that, but it's there. Everyone's thinking it's there. Everyone sees that it's there and, and everybody's going to look for that. So 
I think I think Justin is not wrong in what he's saying. I think Charles can obviously prove him wrong with each fight, but we've seen it. We we've seen it. We've uh, and we recognize it, especially fighters. We recognize like one of my favorite things when I fight, even when I used to grapple in jujitsu, I would face opponents who were better than me technically, but I I would just stay on them and I would just be as I would be as re- relentless and as resilient as possible. And eventually it would be, okay, the gap would get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And all of a sudden they're not better than me. I'm pushing them around. And all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm starting to break them. And and that was one of my favorite things was to get, get after a guy like that and make him crumble. And, uh, you know, I, I think other fighters see that and other fighters have that as well. They recognize that. And I think a lot of people see in Charles that they can make him crumble. Yeah. I'm kind of like you with this fight. I lean slightly towards Dustin because I think Dustin is, you know, gritty and tough and the striking is there and he's an incredible boxer, all those kind of things. I agree though. I think you know, Oliveira's I 100% believe he's the better, you know, grappler, the better ground fighter, but I lean Dustin, but Kind of like you, I'm not overconfident. I don't. I would not be shocked in any way, shape, or form if Charles Oliveira walks out there and shocks the world and beats Dustin Poirier. Um, it's a great fight, though. It's a great matchup. Let me ask this to you, Benil, because again, I I know I probably know the answer, which is it doesn't matter. But do you prefer one guy over the other? And the only reason I ask that question is because I know you're not a guy who takes anything personally. I know you're not a guy who trash talks, but I know. And I, you're gonna smile when I say this. I know there's a little bit, a little bit of, of uh, animosity might be the wrong word, but there's a little bit inside. You still want that Charles Oliveira fight back just because of how that last one kind of fell apart. There's definitely history there. Like, you know, I asked to fight him, and and uh, or we had, we were scheduled to fight, and then he said he had family issues, and I said, oh, I understand. You know, family comes first, and then like a month later he was scheduled to fight Tony. So that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way for sure. I mean, um, we could, yeah, I, I would say I would definitely want to fight Charles, but at the same time, Dustin is, is, um, he's got such a great legacy, you know, even though he was never, um, I mean, he was the interim champ champ. So in, in, in my eyes, he was champion. So he has such a great legacy too. fighting him would be great as well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know which guy I would pick, but, uh, but uh, you know, if we uh, we get uh, we get down to it, I'd probably pick Charles. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, would you argue though? And I know this because you have so much respect for him. Would you argue and say that you could, or you could argue that you know Justin might be the toughest matchup of anybody at lightweight? And I know what respect you have for that guy. I think you joked with me one time, and you're like, "Man, I don't want to fight that guy. I know what it's like to fight that guy." Yeah, man. Um, if Justin comes in and he executes his game plan uh on fight day he's terrible to fight (laughs) he has excellent footwork he has excellent power and he can do it all night and to to deal with the guy like that if you're not willing to to like take a few to get in there to possibly take him down or just take a few to give a few and exchange with him when you need to exchange with him and then and then outsmart him when you have to outsmart him it's man, it's a miserable fight. Like there's, it's not, it's not that great. It's not that fun to think about because you know, you can come out winner, but you'll be busted up. Uh, you can come out the loser and you'll be busted up too. It's like, I don't know what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, it's a terrible matchup. It's a, 
it's, it's rough fighting uh, Justin Gagey. I never saw anybody like fight Justin Gagey and just like come out unscathed. Yeah, it's almost like I feel like you have to go in against Justin with like a, a game plan and stick to it because if there's a moment where you hesitate or there's a moment where you're like, you know what, let me just bite down on my mouthpiece and start swinging with this guy. It's not going to be a fun night because that guy feasts on that. And I think he's actually, I think Justin's gotten so much better in the last couple of years. And he's talked about this, the changes he's made and the mentality and things like that. But again, that you will stand in front of that guy and start trading punches. That's just, you know, you're, it's like, it's like, you know, trading punches with a stick of dynamite. You're just waiting for something to blow up in your face. Exactly. You'll get caught up with that uppercut or you get caught with that overhand. I mean, it's it's brutal and and for a guy like me who who does uh get frustrated you know when he's denied and he can't do certain things i do rely on that like bite down on my mouthpiece and go so yeah man I, i'm not gonna lie justin gagey is a is a tough matchup yeah now i know you mentioned this in another interview and i'm only bringing this up because he's always the x factor which is conor mcgregor now conor's dealing with a broken leg He's not going to be back until probably mid next year. But I know when Connor says I'm coming back for the title, we all kind of laugh. We all kind of chuckle about it, but then we're kind of like, well, you know what? You know, Connor does tend to pull off these weird situations where he kind of gets what he wants. Now, I don't think they're going to give him a title shot coming back. And I know Chandler, Michael Chandler has mentioned he'd like to fight Connor. I think that's the perfect fight. Connor and Chandler is a tremendous fight. You book that next year. You know, that's both guys are coming off a couple losses, but they're not, you know, I don't think either guy's lost, you know, terribly in terms of who they lost to. Uh, I think that's the matchup to make as a fan, as a guy who watches the sport, that's kind of the right fight, right? Like Connor Chandler's the fight to make. No, because come on, Connor's not getting a I, title shot. He's not. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, but I can tell you this Connor is one fight away from a title shot. It's that's easy for Connor. He beats Chandler, and I think they'll give him a title shot. Um, here's, here's what I think you could do Tony Ferguson, uh, versus Connor. That's one or Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. I, I would love that fight. Or you could do Connor versus, uh, RDA. That's another one. Or like you said, Connor versus Chandler. I mean, I think Connor versus RDA might make more sense because, uh, they got some history. Um, and, but then, but then RDA is coming off a win and, and Connor's not. So I don't I don't know. I would I would say the RDA one makes more sense, but who knows? But yeah, there's there's uh there's definitely some options out there, I guess. You're right. Yeah, it's funny because you're right. Connor's always one win away from getting pretty much whatever he wants. Uh and you know, and uh, listen, I I get it to a point. He is a star. I'm not gonna deny that, you know what I mean? But like I said, wins and losses have to matter at some point. And two losses in a row to Poirier, you know, you can't I mean, he's like a one in four, whatever it is, his last five. Like, listen, I'm, I like Connor. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Connor in any way, shape, or form. I've told this story before. When I lost my last job and I, you know, they laid everybody off, you know, Connor was one of the first people to reach out to me and said, Hey, man, hope everything's okay. It was a bummer. They shouldn't have done that. And I'm just like, Whoa, that was out of nowhere. So I have nothing but great respect for Connor. But, you know, Come on. That's you incredible. That's, you can't you can't yeah, you can't give him a title shot. You know, and like I said, if Dustin loses to Charles, and again, that very well could happen, they they will probably book that trilogy, and I wouldn't fault Dustin for going out and getting another big payday either. You know what I mean? Like there's so many X factors with that guy. Nate Diaz is out there, you mentioned. He's talking about going to welterweight. I just I don't think he's gonna come back and fight for the lightweight title. I'm just being honest. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, Nate's not fighting uh lightweight. I I've seen 
the guy, he's big. He's not <laughs> trying to fight. He's not trying to fight lightweight. Uh, but I think it might be good for Tony to move up and fight at 170 as well. You know, there uh, Tony's a little bit older, so not having to go through that weight cut might actually make his fight a lot easier. Yeah. Can I imagine out of all the fights at lightweight that you could have either as contender or eventually as champion that Dos Anjos is the one you don't want? That's your boy, right? Like, you guys are buddies. Yeah, like, for example, I'm friends with Justin, but Hoffa is like a brother. When I was coming up in the UFC, like, he was the guy who kind of, like, helped me through all of the processes. He helped me out of weight cut. He helped me, like, with uh, going into fight week. We were training together all the time, and he was teaching me how to do better conditioning, how to, uh, how to get strong. Like, it's just, I don't see ever, myself ever doing that fight. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I get you out of here, Benil, you know, we talk about fighting a lot. And, of course, I love talking about fighting with you. But one thing we also have in common is coming back finally in 2022. I've already got it scheduled and ready to go. San Diego Comic-Con is coming back next year. I'm so excited. Now, you've been a busy man. you got a family. you got your kids. So I'm not going to say it, but what have you been into anything lately? Pop culture? Am I going to see you at Comic-Con next year? Well, I, that's the thing. Uh, I, you know, I saw Comic-Con bringing in some of the – like some of the Japanese anime and, and the Korean stuff. I don't know if you heard of like Solo Loveling. Uh, it's, it's one of the uh, Korean ones that's really popular. Man, I mean, I would love to go because there's a few I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still looking into and, and it would be cool to get out there. Um, well, I, I read some MMA ones. I thought they were cool. Uh, but I, I've actually, you know, slowed down a little bit since the baby comes, uh, the, the baby came. It's been a little bit uh, trickier I don't have as much time to myself as I used to. No, I totally understand. Yeah, I've actually gotten way into, like, Korean cinema and TV and stuff. Like, like I got really, like, I watched Squid Game. Uh, I've watched a lot of Korean films in the last year. Like, it's weird. Like, I've just kind of become immersed in, like, Korean cinema uh, and, and films and things out there, I'm, and it's incredible stuff. I'm telling you, if you read Solo Leveling, you'll you'll be hooked. It's it's uh, it's it's drawn, drawn really well. It's It tells a good story. Yeah, and then there's always one punch man. If they bring in one punch man, man, I would love to go. Yeah, That's... I love that. So here's the thing: all the fighters, everyone talks about. You know, they win the title, they want to go. You know, have these nightclub parties. They want to. I feel like if you won, you know, <laughs> like you'd have your party at Comic Con. Like that'd be like the perfect place for a Daniel Darius party. I I would I would I I would have the best time ever. But uh, <laughs> one step at a time, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I love it. Well, Benil, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you you know i appreciate you taking the time uh best of luck with your training camp i know you got to fight in will you because of course you're gonna be going into weight cutting mode and everything will you at least get to eat a little bit around the holidays like a little bit yeah yeah we're we're not that that close to the fight yeah we'll be <laughs> fine and you know if i if i'm consistent with what i need to do for the weight cut now it, it it'll be a smooth weight cut and the holidays will be no issue I know, I know your, your, your child is still so young. She's, she's not even going to remember her first Christmas, but I know you got to be super excited about Christmas, right? Yeah. She doesn't need to remember. We're going to remember it for her and we're going to, her mom's going to video everything and it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. That's awesome. Well, Benilla, again, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Have a good training camp. I cannot wait to see you back in action in February. And thank you so much for taking the time. You know, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. Uh, talk, I'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There he is, Benil Dariush. He has a massive fight coming up in February against Islam Makhachev. 
Um, you could argue, I mean, lightweight is an embarrassment of riches because if you sit there and say the winner of this one is potentially the number one guy, then you got, well, hold on. What about Justin Gaethje? And then of course, whoever wins between Oliver and Poirier, it's just it literally, it's just the deepest, nastiest division along with welterweight in my opinion. Uh, and now bantamweight too, but lightweight is just an embarrassment of riches. I, I do, I do hate that, you know, somehow Benil got lost in the mix when this whole thing was going on, but I'm glad he got a big fight, it's a big matchup. Arguably you could say it is maybe the toughest matchup at lightweight, you know, I mean, even outside the champion, just because of how good Islam has looked lately. Either way, I'm looking forward to it and definitely appreciate uh, Benil coming on Fighter versus Rider this week. I uh, want to say a big thank you, of course, to everyone that tunes into the show. Uh, make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, over on MMAfighting.com. We will see you next week for another edition of the Fighter versus the Rider. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you then. Vox Media Podcast Network.